everyone, and welcome back to Short Stories for Kids, the magical podcast of story adventures. And now it's time for today's story request. Hi, Lucy. We're longtime listeners from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and would love a special shout out for our son, Wesley. If you're still taking story requests, Wesley is especially interested in dinosaurs and imagined a story involving him and his brother Malcolm exploring a haunted house with their dinosaur and animal friends. Cheetahs are another favorite. Whereas most people have a dog or a cat as a pet, Wesley and Malcolm were different, very different. Malcolm, for example, did have a cat of sorts, but it was a big one, a speedy, spotty cheetah called Chuck. Having a cheetah as a pet would be strange enough for most households, but Wesley's pet was weirder still. Wesley, you see, had a dinosaur, a protoceratops to be exact, called Paxton. It meant that when Wesley and Malcolm took their pets for a walk, they received quite a few surprise looks along the way. On one such walk, they'd gone further than usual and ended up in a part of Minneapolis that they'd never been before. The street itself was lined with trees whose dangling branches reached across the road to create a leaf-lined tunnel beneath. There were several large, old houses, widely spaced out with large gardens facing the road. But whereas most of the properties were neat and tidy, the one at the end of the street was very different. The garden was overgrown, and the house needed repainting and several repairs. Oh, it looks spooky, said Wesley, as they peered past the weeds and thorn bushes. Look, there's a sign underneath all those creepers and plants, pointed out Malcolm. It's hard to read, though. Oh, I think I can make it out, said Chuck the cheetah. It says Dino Mansion. Dino Mansion, said Paxton the dinosaur excitedly. That's where Professor Bonaparte lives. Uh, Isn't she the professor that discovered Dinosaur Island where you come from? asked Wesley. Yes grinned Paxton proudly. Wow, and and this is where she lives. But why does this house look like it's about to fall down? asked Malcolm. Isn't Professor Bonaparte famous? Oh, uh, I think she's quite old now, said Paxton thoughtfully. Maybe she can't manage the big garden all by herself. Chuck looked past the gate and down the overgrown path. Well, uh, perhaps we could offer to help, he suggested. After all, there's four of us. We could get this place looking tidier in no time. Oh, that's a great idea, agreed Wesley. Come on, let's see if the professor is at home. The gate opened with a creak, and then they had to dodge the prickles and overhanging plants before they arrived at the front door, which was covered in peeling red paint. Malcolm leant forward and pressed the doorbell, which chimed from somewhere deep within the house. Nobody stirred from within, so Malcolm pressed it again. 
He was about to press it for a third time when the door suddenly clunked loudly and was pulled open with a groan of the hinges. Yes? asked the elderly woman, now looking at them. Her long gray hair was bundled up in a messy bun on top of her head, while a pair of glasses hung from a chain around her neck. There was a pencil behind her ear, a pen shoved into the bun, and another pen in her top pocket. Professor Bonaparte? asked Wesley as politely as he could manage. Uh, we were wondering if we could help tidy your garden for you. Tidy my garden? repeated the professor, staring past them. Oh, what's wrong with it? It looks perfectly all right to me. No, no, if you all want to help me, then I suggest you come inside. This wasn't what any of them had been expecting, but Paxton, in particular, was keen to please his hero. So they all crossed into the large open hallway and through into a library. Despite being daylight outside, the room was dark and lit by a handful of old lamps and wall lights. Dusty books and cobwebs lined most of the walls, while every surface was covered in bits of fossils, antique maps, yellowing magazines, open notebooks, and jars of all shapes and sizes, containing everything from bits of coral to colorful feathers and on a broad rug at the room's center was a large wooden crate. What exactly do you need help with? asked Malcolm, looking around the room. Oh, I've taken delivery of this, said the professor, patting the crate. But I need to complete some paperwork before I open it. However, for the life of me, I, I can't find anything to write with. You couldn't all help me look for a pen or a pencil, could you? She gestured to the piles of paper and other items that littered every surface and most of the floor. Um, there's one in your pocket, pointed out Chuck. And one in your hair, said Wesley, tapping the top of his own head. And there's one behind your ear, added Paxton. Oh, so there is, said the giggling Professor Bonaparte. Silly me. Then, out of nowhere... The room's lights flickered and went out. An eerie moaning noise then echoed from elsewhere in the house. Oh no, said the professor, suddenly scowling. Not again. Is it a power cut? wondered Chuck innocently. If only, laughed the professor, but with a little humor. I somehow seem to have acquired a ghost. A ghost? yelped Malcolm. Aren't you frightened? Oh, no, not at all, Professor Bonaparte frowned. It's more of a nuisance than anything else. I have important work to do. But this pesky phantom keeps plunging me into darkness and spoiling my concentration. In fact, if you all really want to help, then you could all go and shoo the naughty ghosty away from me. Oh, of course, we'll do that, blurted out Paxton before anyone else could answer. Leave it to us. Oh, splendid, said the professor, and then looked at her hands. Now, where did I put that pen? Moments later, out in the hall, Paxton, Chuck, Malcolm, and Wesley stood in a huddle, speaking in whispers. What did you go and say that for? said Chuck, in wide-eyed surprise to the dinosaur. We don't know a first thing about ghosts. 
Oh, we'll just ask it nicely to be quiet, said Paxton. But supposing it doesn't want to be, pointed out Malcolm. Supposing it doesn't like being told what to do. Well, it's a bit late for that now. The professor is expecting our help, said Wesley. We'll just have to give it a try. They decided to start with the kitchen, a long room at the back of the house that badly needed somebody to wash the dishes in and around the sink. I can't see a ghost, whispered Chuck, peering around. The windows were so dirty that very little light was getting in. A loud creak sounded above them, and a thin trail of dust fell from a crack in the ceiling. I, I think it's upstairs, said Wesley in hushed tones. Let's go take a look. On wobbly legs, they returned to the hall and climbed the wide staircase, eyes darting left and right. A heavy thump sounded from the landing, and Malcolm spotted movement. The end of something disappearing through a closed door. It went in there, he pointed, his finger shaking slightly. Bravely, they tiptoed across the dusty carpet, and Wesley reached out to turn the door's handle. It was unlocked. Inside was a bedroom stacked with suitcases and chests. The bed was piled high with blankets and clothes, presumably used on trips and never put away properly. Can you see anything? asked Paxton. Nope, nothing, replied Chuck, who probably had the keenest eyes of them all. There was a bathroom with a half-open door on the far wall, so they steadily made their way towards that. Carefully, Wesley pushed it open. A gigantic ghostly T-Rex was taking up almost the entire space. It roared, thrusting its large head full of pointy teeth towards them and causing all four of them to stumble backwards where they fell over each other. Oh, don't eat us, yelled Paxton. But instead of the ghostly jaws snapping shut, they just stopped, still wide open before them. All four of them got a tremendous close-up of the inside of the big dinosaur's mouth. Then, with another groan, the T-Rex spun around and ran straight through the wall. Oh, wow, that scared me, admitted Chuck. But it didn't really do anything, said Wesley. Something is strange about this whole situation. I think we need to talk to the professor. They made their way back to the library as fast as they could, happy to leave the ghost behind them. The lights were back on, and the professor was now trying to open the large crate with a crowbar. Oh, how did you all get on? She asked, struggling to prise the side of the crate off. Well, we met your ghost, explained Wesley. You did? Oh, splendid. What did it look like? She answered as she puffed and tugged on the crowbar's handle. Have you not seen your ghost before? Asked Malcolm curiously. If your house is haunted, then surely you've seen it lots of times. No, not at all, replied Professor Bonaparte. It only started yesterday. It's all rather confusing, really, because it's been stopping me from unpacking this. And what is this exactly? asked Wesley, stepping closer. Well, give me a hand, said the professor, and you can find out. So together, they tugged and pulled and pushed until, with a crunch, the side of the case popped off to reveal the fossil of a dinosaur skull. Or, to be more exact, 
the skull of a Trianosaurus Rex. Oh, it's like the ghost, gasped Paxton. What? asked the professor. You mean I have a ghostly T-Rex in my house? Oh, how marvelous! And I think I know what the problem is, said Wesley. Look here! And he pointed to one of the T-Rex's skull's huge banana-sized teeth. This one has a big hole in it. I saw the same hole in the mouth of the ghost upstairs. But, uh, what does that mean? asked Chuck, clearly confused. Well, I think, said Wesley, that our ghost has toothache and has possibly had toothache for the last 66 million years. Whoa, that's a long time to have toothache, said Malcolm, shaking his head. Quite fascinating, said the professor. The poor creature is being tormented by it. Say, everyone, have a hunt around. My rock hammer is in here somewhere. Drawers were opened, notebooks lifted, and piles of paper shifted, until Paxton suddenly called out, Found it! Professor Bonaparte then approached the giant fossil and studied the tooth in question, considering what was the best course of action. But as she did so, the lights flickered once more. This time, though, they didn't go out, but they were now joined by a sorry-looking dinosaur ghost. Well, hello, said the professor kindly to the T-Rex. I'm a paleontologist, not a dentist, but I think I can get this sorted for you. And she gave the base of the fossil tooth several short, sharp strikes, knocking it loose. Everybody turned to look at the T-Rex, who suddenly looked enormously relieved. Oh, that's better, he said with a big sigh and began to fade away. And not before they all caught a faint, thank you. Good work, everyone, said the professor, holding up the dislodged tooth. We did a bit of good there, didn't we? We certainly did, beamed Wesley proudly. And so, I think a reward is in order, said Professor Bonaparte. Does anyone like pancakes? Uh, won't we need to do all those dishes first? asked Malcolm, remembering the state of the kitchen. Oh, I'm not making them, laughed the professor. We'll go out and get them. As they left, Professor Bonaparte pressed something into Wesley's hand. He looked down to see it was the fossil tooth. Look after it, won't you? And remember to brush your own teeth so you don't end up like that, she said with a wink. Oh, I will, grinned Wesley. I definitely will. The end.